From New York City, this is the NYC Zone Teams Podcast, a show where we discuss everything about New York City real estate and much more. You have questions, we have answers. And now, here are your hosts, John and Nikolai. Hey everyone, welcome to the NYC Zone Team. We are here with your host, John and Nikolai. We are uh, excited to talk about a couple of things that have been changed in real estate recently. Uh, I guess it could be exciting for some people and maybe not for others. Um, and we're also going to be talking about something uh, that's really interesting that's hitting, a, that's been getting a lot of talk about congestion pricing with traffic, which is quite interesting. Actually, we just found out that they, they actually do this in London. Yep. So, um, and they do this in China as well. Yeah. So, a couple things we want to talk about, but most importantly, we want to talk about this new New York City mansion tax. Uh, on what's going on. So I, I know you've been reading up on, on it, Nikolai. I know you drew this entire thing that's behind us. I hope you guys could see it. Um, if you're just listening to us in the car, t- uh, taxi, in the subway, wherever, um, you can go on our uh, website or on our podcast. I'll, I'll just put a breakdown on there so people want to see it. Um, so yeah, so tell me a little bit, like tell us about this whole mansion tax so for those of you that don't know what a mansion tax is uh, or how it functioned before so basically any property that's priced and sold at a million or above would be qualified for one percent mansion tax that the buyer would have to pay at the closing to the government uh, however, those things, some of the things have changed right. uh, and some of the things stayed the same. So if you are buying a property and it's uh, below $999,999, you still don't pay anything. So that stayed okay. the same. Uh, if you're buying a property that's between a million and a million $999,999, you're still paying 1%. So close to 2 million, just a dollar below. Correct. All right. And then from two million to a dollar below three million, there is already an increase. You're paying a one percent and twenty-five. You paid a quarter, so one point twenty-five percent. Yep. So it went up a quarter now. Correct. People buying between essentially two to three million dollars. Correct. Mm-hmm. And then from three million to practically five million, it's a point and a half. From five million to practically ten million, it's two points and a quarter. From ten million to fifteen million, it's three point twenty-five percent of purchase price. From fifteen million to almost twenty million, it's three percent, three and a half percent. From twenty million to twenty-five million, it's three point seventy-five percent, and twenty-five million above. Believe it or not, I guess. Uh, people do buy those kind of properties, it's uh, 3.9%. Wow. Um, So basically what it means to sum it up, um, anybody that's purchasing below 2 million, nothing has changed for them. If you are purchasing in excess of 2 million, you have to pay more money to the government at your closing cost. Is it an absolute deal breaker for most of the people? Uh, probably not, but at the same time, uh, it's certainly not an incentive to purchase property in New York City. Sure. I mean, I, th- I feel like anything that's getting taxed on, any sort of fees, it's going gonna, it's gonna to do something to the market. Of course. Right? It's going to correlate. It's like, yeah, you want to put a fee on this? Well, the price will correlate in return. 
you know, you put on fees on anything. So let's say you you were to get, let's say, 1%. What was it before? Just 1% magic tax, right? Yep. So 1%. anything above a million, it was 1%. So you could buy a $30 million penthouse and still pay just 1%. But now that it's almost, what, 4%, if I were to buy a $30 million penthouse, it's 3.9%. That $30 million penthouse is probably not going to be worth $30 million anymore just for the fact that there's a 3.9% tax. Yep. So the question is, is, is the tax really helping or is it just really adjusting the pricing of homes? So, I mean, it's been a long time discussion that New York City needs to restructure its public transportation and all of those things. Mm. And uh, the main hope is that in the long run, these taxes are going to go into the right place and it's going to improve the public transportation system, help the city overall, and potentially increase the value in the long run. But in the short run, um, especially in the market that we're in right now, this is definitely providing uh, not not the best terms for the buyers of luxury properties in excess of two million. Right. Um, yeah, that, that is kind of a blow, but there is a silver lining a little bit in regards to this. Since this is in, taken into effect just recently, um, I believe you have till July 1st to close on your home to avoid this extra so tax. what John is trying to say, call us and close <laughs> on your $25 million apartment. As soon as possible. I'll make it happen, I promise. As soon as possible. I mean, we're talking about a lot of extra money, but then there's there's people who would argue and say, well, I mean, if you're going to buy a $30 million property, you could spend 4% on a a fee. But something that that we do have to keep in mind is that it's 4% here, it's X percent there, then there's a transfer uh, tax for the building, and there's, there's, there's a lot of fees that are included, I mean, that you need to pay in order to purchase... Uh, real estate here in New York City. So they do not make it easy here. Absolutely. At all. Absolutely. And um, I believe so far, combined with the progressive transfer tax, the assessments are expected to generate around 365 million in revenue. So that's according to the Real Deal article from about a month ago. So that's substantial amount of money, but at the same time, we don't know how much it's going to slow down the market and the sales on the market, or perhaps it's just going to give a further discount to properties, which, you know, already the higher end of the market has suffered uh, for past couple of years. And, uh, you know, none of us have a crystal globe yet. Uh, I would like to have one. Uh, It's in the shop, so (laughs) once it's prepared, I'll bring it back. But... um, we don't really see a positive outcome for more resale in the media. Yeah, you know, it's kind of interesting how they decided to implement this tax now, especially with the market at where it is right now. So... And they're estimating, what, 360-something million dollars? Like, where did they come up with this estimate? That's a great question. That's the people that analyzed it. I think it's a third party, whatnot. And uh, most importantly, it was... Uh, they were choosing between the lesser evil. So originally, the idea was to start taxing the properties that they used as a pied-à-terre. What do they mean by pied-à-terre is, for somebody that doesn't know, it's basically if you use a property as your second, third, fourth, fifth, or you know, basically not as a primary residence mm-hmm. that you don't occupy full-time, they were thinking to tax those properties. And for New York City, having so many foreigners keeping their properties here and you know just really using them as second or third residences for themselves. This would hurt a lot. 
Right. So they pick the lesser of an evil. Um, I guess um, you know, looking out for anybody that's person below two million, nothing has really changed for them. If anything, there might be more demand for those type of properties. And um, the higher end is, um, you know, is going to see additional challenges for sure. But they would have still highly likely see challenges if the pedestrian tax was there because many of the high end properties they're not really occupied. Exactly. Um, I think it's always really interesting here in the city where they try to find new ways and trying to tax here, tax there. There's a lot of taxes here in the city. Living here is not um, uh, cheap. You have to have money to live here. Uh, it's uh, it's not cheap. And of course, you know, the, the key is in New York, if you make it, you make it big. <laughs> um, but in order to make it big, you certainly have to put some uh, blood, sweat and tears into of course, of course, here, and, and just to make even matters worse, uh, let's talk a little bit now about this congestion uh, tax that the city is talking about doing, uh, I believe, what was it? Okay, so the proposed congestion pricing zone, check this out, it's anywhere in Manhattan, well, not just anywhere in Manhattan, it's below 60th Street. So from 60th Street all the way to the bottom of the island, we're looking, they're looking to, to do a congestion tax with your car of well over $10. Yep, to drive into the busiest neighborhood. That is insane. Wait, so, hold it. they have a plan, that the new $175 billion New York State budget. That is insane. So, I don't know, what do you guys think about this? Um, this type of proposed plan? where there's a congestion tax uh, for people just to enter essentially into the city with your car. I mean, what do you think about it? I mean, in my opinion, it's uh, certainly going to reduce the amount of people that are taking cars into the city. Mm-hmm. Because if you just do a quick calculation and let's say you commute 22 days out of a month to work by car, that's additional $220 a month plus you're paying tolls, plus you're paying gas and everything. So that's that's a large additional cost, which adds up to a couple of thousand a year, basically. And uh, my concern is that the public transportation has to be improved in order for something like that to work. Because if a lot of people are not being able to bring their cars anymore, they they either have to take public transportation or they have uh, to take one of those shared rides. And how is it going to affect the shared rides if they're going to keep on coming in and out of those areas? Do they have to pay all the time when they exit and enter? Do they just pay one flat fee? Is there going to be a separate deal for anybody that's a taxi service? Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, it's definitely interesting. I'm sure we're going to get more information on it um, in the time that's going to come. But you know, most importantly, for the sake of this uh, podcast, is how's it going to affect the people that are living below the 60th street? So I was just reading that right now. It was talking about how in London they offer a 90% discount for people who are registered residents in that zone so if you live in that zone and you have a car mm-hmm. then it looks like you're gonna have to still pay but it's you're gonna you're in a discounted price what's gonna what is that gonna do to rentals what is that gonna do to like pricing like of homes like that's insane 
to me, I found, I found this whole thing to be completely insane. I mean, I understand the concept behind it. I just... Com- completely off topic. What is it going to do to car dealerships? Oh, no. <laughs> Most important. <laughs> the minute you get off the lot. <laughs> the minute you get off the lot, here's the bill. <laughs> Boom. Um, yeah, I mean, kind of like going back to what you were saying in regards to like the Ubers and the lifts and all the share riding and and everything, I'm sure more than likely they're going to be working out a, a, a deal like with these big companies where they just pay like one big outrageous fee and the cars could just come in back and forth through it. Um, it's getting pricier. I mean, people who come from Jersey have to pay the toll every time to come in. Like, pay the toll, pay the congestion price, most and then parking. <laughs> park your car. Most importantly, stand in traffic. Send in traffic. So if it's, do you think some people from Jersey, let's just say Jersey, um, just pay the tax just to just go right by Manhattan? They don't need to do anything in Manhattan. They're just going right by it. Just to go into Brooklyn or to get into Queens. I would say so, right? Probably, yes. Just to go right through. Yep. Hmm. So this might actually create traffic going maybe further north Washington Bridge maybe possibly to avoid this congestion which yep. then will just create more congestion up there I mean it, I'm, I'm sure some of these things were thought out but of mm-hmm. course until it happens you cannot know the exact results right I'm sure there's going to be a good portion of people that just don't care that they're still going to pay that amount of money uh, but I'm sure a portion of people they'll look for alternative ways to commute so I mean Honestly, if the city becomes less congested, uh, mm-hmm. it, it might be a good idea. It sounds like it is a good idea, the whole concept behind it. It's just I'm wondering, you know, with the fees and everything, if they're actually going to use this money to help the transportation of New York City. Because we always hear this story here in the city where the MTA is going to raise the price, they raise the price, like, we don't have enough funds to do this, we don't have enough funds to do that, but New York City, we... As a taxpayer, you pay so much money, and you're hoping to get some sort of return in your, at least in your your commute and all these types of things. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. New York City uh, transportation is reliable. I'm, I mean, I'm originally from Miami, Florida, born and raised there. I try the the metro there, and it's less not that reliable. A little less reliable. <laughs> not that reliable. It's not to say it won't take you from point A to point B. It's just it might get a little interesting. Yeah. Right, but New York City is quite reliable, and but kind of like what you were saying before, like if you were to create this congestion pricing in this area, that means that New York City has to have their public transportation pretty much on point. Like it needs to be really good because that means a lot more people will be using public transportation, yeah, or carpooling for that matter. Yeah. So I guess from the congestion pricing, and let's say this actually actually happens. Um, what do you think is going to happen with real estate in general? Because I'm here reading an article here on The Real Deal. It says congestion pricing could boost home values. This was just released a couple days ago. I guess for somebody that wants to see less congested areas, it will be great for them. I mean, I guess that does make sense. You know, maybe people will be throwing in... Um, Part of the terms when you buy a home below 60th Street where your congestion fee has been paid for for three years or two years or 
I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> of course, of course, <laughs> it could be could be one of the things. But um, you know, there, just like anything else, uh, there is not going to be just black or white mm-hmm. uh, results here. It's uh, going to be in a gray area, and we're going to see how it's going to take effect on the city. Um, I think it's going to take some time for the changes to kick in, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll observe what's going to be the result. Look, our good friend Mark Chen from Keller Williams, he was quoted here on the article. He said that he's expected housing prices in outer borough neighborhoods with poor public transit access to take a hit because residents will face higher commuting costs. Plus, the expected increased traffic could depress prices in areas just outside the zone. What do you think about that? Well, hold on. He's like, if I were looking at the real estate in the 60s, I would be thinking the pricing plan could have a slightly negative impact. Hmm. I don't know. Do you, have, do you agree with that per, per se? I mean, I think I feel like real estate that's outside of the congestion zone. I, I feel it like will be a little bit more attractive. I think it depends how far away it is. I feel yeah. like if we're looking just above 60th Street or just above 70th Street. Yeah. I think that would be very attractive for people. Because if they have family in New Jersey, they can mm-hmm. take um, George Washington Bridge mm-hmm. and just avoid paying all the, you know, entering and exiting. Yeah. And uh, at the same time, be very close because from early 60s and 70s streets, you know, from either side of the park, you can get practically anywhere in the city fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. So in my, in my opinion, those areas, they may reap the benefits, especially the areas, for example, on the east side where you have the yellow line, you have the green line, so you have choices at the same time. So if anything, I think it may increase the demand there. What do you think the parking garage is in that area? Mm, that's going to be great for them. In the congestion zone or the outer congestion zone? Outer congestion zone. Yeah. I feel like in a congestion zone, parking garages may see some more vacancy, which at the same time could be an opportunity for developers because if uh, there is a parking garage that had a very high occupancy consistently yep. and um, everything made sense on their books, at the same time now, things may not make sense as much anymore and it would be a good time for them to cash out, sell it to a developer and for a developer to come up with the, with good condos, especially with the pricing right now. They may be, they may be able to get a good deal and um, get the permits, start building and yeah. do the whole thing and uh, release it on the next seller cycle. So if anything, for some people it's a disadvantage, for some people it's an opportunity, for some people it might be a time to cash out. That's true too. Hopefully the developer just creates a little concession with the congestion zone. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully the developer calls us and then we can discuss. (laughs) We can discuss how interesting ways and how to sell. So the bottom line of this podcast, if you're looking to buy above 25 million or if you're looking to develop a property instead of a parking garage, uh, we've we've got a couple of little ideas there. We've got a couple of ideas. I think this is pretty interesting of what's going on in Manhattan in New York City in general. Um, I feel like it's good. I feel like it could be bad. I mean, I I think it's kind of like in the middle. I mean, I I have mixed feelings about the whole thing, but 
I guess we'll really see after July 1st what's really going to happen. Usually, people, a lot of people tend to resist uh, uh-huh. sudden changes. But at the same time, we know the fact that the city has been very congested. We know the fact that um, public transportation could use some improvements. It's, not, it's certainly not horrible, but no. you know there are certain aspects that could be better, of course. Uh, and uh, if those things are going to help the city in the long run, I'm sure that's what uh, many residents and uh, the government would want. Because then in the long run, the value of the properties is going to increase. So it's a little bit of an experimental zone, and I'm sure if it doesn't bring any good, it's going to be scratched, and we're going to move to another solution. So Very true. Um, let's see what's going to happen. I hope you guys enjoyed our opinion on the whole subject <laughs> here. And if you have some more questions, please reach out. Our email is uh, zone at nyczoneteam.com. .com and uh, follow us on Instagram and we see zone, apartment zone apartment zone and we see apartment zone, see apartment zone. Thank you for Facebook too. Yep, correct. But I'm sure if you type in NYC zone team, we'll, we'll you can put NYC zone team. You can put NYC apartment zone. Just Google that. You can put Facebook or even Twitter or Instagram, whatever, whatever you want, we will pop up. Correct. And um, look forward to bringing you some more exciting news. Yep, more exciting news. Stay tuned into the next one. Ciao!